Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Hey Amen. If you would, let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Luke chapter 8. Now remember, we're in summer school here at One Cause Church. All right, thank you for your enthusiasm. You expect us to be enthusiastic about summer school? Yeah, fake it, you know. We've been studying the subject of faith, and as I've told you before, some of these things I'm I'm bringing to you are things that I also teach at at Christ for the Nations, and a course I teach called Principles of Faith. It's a first-year course for the students, and uh, so I wanted to bring some of this to you. It's something important for us to continue to go over. How many of you know we need to hear some things over and over and over again? Hmm? Don't you wish, uh, you parents, that all you had to do is tell your child one time to say thank you? Right? How many times have you told your child to say thank you? Say thank you. 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 <laughs> right? Just constant. But there are things that we need to hear over and over again. And Paul even said, he says, for me to repeat myself is actually not a tedious thing. It's actually for your safety. And the subject of faith is so important that we, that we talk about it on a regular basis is because we live by faith. We walk by faith. We're saved by grace through faith. By faith, we are justified, made right with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by faith in him. Faith is everything. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I'm pretty sure I'm in good company of people who want to please God. If you want to please God, that's going to happen by faith. Whatever is not of faith, the Bible says, is sin. So how important is faith? It's everything. Amen. It's everything. So there are things that, uh, so I just kind of took us to this foundational place of like, how did faith get here? And the word teaches us in the book of Jude that Faith was delivered to the saints. Once for all, it was delivered. And then who delivered it? The book of Galatians teaches us that it's Christ who did that. That before Christ came, there was this law that was given to the people of Israel. And that law was their tutor or their teacher to, to, to teach them right from wrong. The do's and the don'ts. The, um, the cause and effect. Right? But that was not God's ultimate plan. It was just as a teacher until Christ came. But when Christ came, faith came. And when faith came, there was no longer a need for that. See, even Abraham, think about who is the father of our faith, did not know what it meant to, never heard the words, do not covet, do not steal, do not kill, do not, never heard that. He walked by faith and he fully pleased God. As a matter of fact, he was made righteous by his faith in God. Huh? He didn't know that stuff. He walked by faith. He, he walked with God how God wants us all to walk. But over time, men's hearts got hardened. So then God had to give them a list of do's and don'ts. Because that's what they chose in their hearts. So God met them where they were. Is this what you want? Okay, you want to live a life of do good, get good, do bad, get bad? You're not going to like this very much. Or, or we can have a relationship where you walk by faith. And what did, he, what did Jesus teach us since, since he brought us this faith? What, what did Jesus teach us about faith? Well, last week we looked at a few things just from the scriptures. That one thing is that faith can move circumstances. Faith can move even people. Remember, he, the very first we, uh, miracle that Jesus performed was when he turned water into wine. And his mother said, they have a need. They don't have any wine. He said, it's not my hour. And she said, whatever he says to you, do it. And when she declared by faith, listen, I, that's cute that you think, don't think it's your hour. Do you remember the night that you were born? 
It wasn't my hour. Wasn't supposed to be my hour, but you came anyway. So kind of a tit for tat here, Jesus. So whatever he says to you, I'm just kidding. I don't think she said that or thought that. But, but, and then he moved. He stepped into his hour. This move of faith, this exercise of faith in marriage, whatever he says to you, do it, launched Jesus into his, into his uh, miracle ministry. Isn't that amazing? We also uh, learned that your faith can not only affect you, but others around you. The four friends let their friend down through the roof. Remember, they couldn't get to Jesus, and he was paralyzed. They had him on a stretcher, so they just climbed on the roof, broke through, and lowered him down to Jesus. And it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, man, your sins are forgiven you. He didn't see the man's faith. The man didn't ask for forgiveness. Jesus saw his friend's faith and said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Whoa, that's an interesting statement, isn't it? And, of course, he ticked all the religious people off. <laughs> Who does he think? Yeah, only God can forgive sins. Yeah, he's God in the flesh, dummy. Wake up. Right? But so, Jesus, why are you reading in your heart? Okay, which is easier for me to say? Man, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins on the earth. He said to the man, I say to you, rise up, take up your bed, and walk. And the guy did it. Now, at that point, if I was kind of stuck in my religious thinking, I, I, I would think I would go, oh, my God, forgive me, Jesus. I'm following you. No, their hearts got harder. Even though um, they watched a miracle happen right before their eyes. Isn't that something? See, you can see miracles and not be changed. Faith is what changes you. Faith is what changes everything. Amen. So, uh, so what he taught us is that your faith can can affect not only you and others. And Paul talked about the, the unbelieving wife with the believing husband or the believing wife with the unbelieving husband. That one believer's faith sanctifies the whole family. Oh, wow, that's extraordinary. So your faith is very powerful. It's very effective. Amen. So uh, let's, go, let's get into this Luke chapter 8, verse 40. It says, So it was when Jesus returned and the multitude welcomed him, for they were all... Uh, waiting for him. Verse 41. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, <clears throat> Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. Now, I don't know if you know what the, the ruler of the synagogue, his, his job or his duty at the synagogue, he was one who kept the order and the reading, uh, the scripture reading, uh, the daily reading. When Jesus in... It's Matthew 4 and Luke 4. You can read this account. It says that Jesus went to the synagogue as was his custom. And, and so he got up to read as one of the rabbis. And so they, they hand him the scroll. See, the ruler of the synagogue is the one who's in charge. Okay, keeping the order of the reading. So this is the next subject that we're on. We, the last rabbi stopped here. And so this is the next reading. And it happened to be in the book of Isaiah. And, and he handed Jesus the book. So Jesus takes the book, and what the rabbi would do is he would open it up, and he would look for a mark of the last place the last rabbi read, and then he would go for I mean, it's very orderly. So the ruler of the synagogue is there to keep things in order, all right? And so Jesus looks for that mark. He finds the mark, and guess what day this was? The very next thing that was supposed to be read was, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel. And Jesus said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. <laughs> Imagine that. What timing, right? 
hundreds of years they've been reading this very scripture in the temple. But this day was a real good day to be in church. He said, today is fulfilled. I'm here. This is talking about me. Can you imagine that? So um, anyway, so that's what the ruler of the synagogue, I just wanted you to understand what, what that person was. And so now his daughter is, is sick, and so he asked Jesus to come. Now, look at verse 42. I'm sorry, verse, yeah. Did I already read 42? Oh, yeah, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Imagine what a moment this must have been for this woman. 12 years, 12 long years of blood flow. 12, that's a, that's a long cycle. Supposed to only be a week at a time. About once a month. But this is 12 years of non-stop. Imagine that. How weak she must have felt on a constant basis. And then going to doctors and the doctors not being able to do anything. Another gospel account says that she'd spent all she had on doctors and didn't get any better. As a matter of fact, she got worse. So she's doing everything that she can to get better and nothing is working. And now not only is she really sick, now she's broke. She is in a very desperate situation. And so now Jesus is in his entourage, if you will, and he's on his way to do what? To go pray for Jairus' 12 12-year-old daughter who's sick at the house, right? So as they're on their way, there's multitudes around him. They're thronging him. And it says immediately, she, she came up from behind, touched the border of his garment, and immediately the, the flow of blood stopped. Wow. And Jesus said, who, who touched me? Oh, who touched me? Right? Somebody touched him. And, and when all denied it, Peter knows with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? <laughs> I think the better question is, who ain't touching you, Jesus? Everybody's touching you. Right? They're all touching. But no, 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 no. No, somebody touched me. Hmm? Other people are touching me, but somebody touched me. Because I felt power go out of me. Somebody got to the man. Somebody tapped into the Christ, the anointed one. And took what Christ has. I wasn't even giving it out. And she came and took it from me. I felt power go out of me. Imagine this. He's not even doing a healing crusade right now. This is not that kind of meeting. He's on his way to heal somebody. But she comes up from my, boom, takes it. Thank you very much. Now watch this. This says something about God, doesn't it? And it's just so important that we get this. He'll give it to you anytime you believe. You get what's in him. You get what he has Anytime that you believe, whether it's a scheduled appointment of his or not, he cannot help himself but respond to faith. Whoa. This is powerful. She takes it from him. Oh, wow. Now, think about this. When I'm, Peter says, everybody's touching you. And Jesus said, well, no, somebody touched me because I felt power going out of me. And then my, my question is, okay, with everybody's touching him, try to imagine who's in this crowd. What if we were all in this crowd? Can you imagine Jesus 
shows up. And I mean, wouldn't we want to get close to him? You know, some might want to touch him and get a quick selfie and, you know, put it on social media. I touched him today. But there, there are those also, there are lots of needs out there. I mean, there are people that are, they're, why are they coming to him? Because they can't find any answers anywhere else. They've not found it in the religious system, but there's something about that man. There's something about that man who goes about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. There's something about that man who's forgiving people's sins. Who is this man? I want to know him. And so people are, I mean, they all want a piece of Jesus and they're crying out, Jesus. Don't you know they're all crying out for him and they're needy, needy and they're desperate. But my family, Jesus is, keeps on walking. But somebody else touched him in a different way. And she was needy, and she was desperate. And I'm telling you, we got to get out of this religious mindset. You, you got to be desperate for God. You got no. You must have faith in God. Desperate people will just stay desperate. Needy people will just stay needy. But those who believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Everybody's touching him, but only one touched him on his terms, not on theirs. There are all kinds of reasons. People, a lot of terms people think they, they have about their approach to God. But God says, he who comes to him must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. If we don't meet him on his terms, then we don't get what he has. Mm-hmm. It is about faith in him. And Jesus, this is what's interesting. When the woman realized that she couldn't be hidden, let's, let's finish up this this. Reference right quick. When she realized, saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Now watch what Jesus says. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. My hymn has made you well. Is that what it says? The bottom of my robe has made you well. He says, your faith has made you well. Amen. Go in peace. Your faith. Yeah, but if I'm looking at it from my perspective and I see her touch him, I'm going to say, man, you just got to touch Jesus. That's where you get the miracle, right? Because touching him is all you need to do. You just got to touch him and, and him, him. <laughs> and and, and that's, that's how you get healed. But Jesus didn't give credit to the him of his garment. He gave credit to the woman who believed. Your faith made you whole. Now, in Matthew's gospel of this account, Matthew chapter 9, verse 21, this one, the same story, but it gives a little, a, a little extra detail that's an important detail. Let's bring that up for just a moment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. Wow. She said, if I can just get to him, that's the if part. But I know if I get to him, there ain't no if. I will be well. This is amazing. Now, I told the early serv earlier service this, that this is, there's a lot of risk in this. Because under the law of Moses, this woman has been deemed unclean. When a woman was on her cycle, she wasn't able to go out and mingle with people. She had to stay in one place. And, and anything that she touched had to be washed because it was deemed unclean like she was unclean. She's 12 years every day unclean, according to the law of Moses. And here she is going out in public and risking the possibility of being stoned to death. At this point, she's probably thinking, well, that might be better. Why not? But she does say, 
if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. I shall be made whole. And she made her way, and she risked it all, and she got into that crowd, and, and she's touching the hem that, that makes me think that she's probably down on her hands and knees, just trying to get to him, just trying to get to him. And she finally sees that robe go by, and she reaches, uh, and immediately, boom, healed. So there are all kinds of laws, ceremonial laws of the law of Moses that are broken here, but God's not concerned about that because she is operating at a higher law called the law of faith. And see, when God sees faith, what he sees is righteousness. That's what he saw when, he, when Abraham believed God and God accounted that faith as righteousness. Ooh, praise God. He's not looking at somebody that's impure. When she's in faith, he sees righteousness. Thank you, Lord. So those who were needy and desperate and trying to get to Jesus on their terms stayed in their same state. But one who met him on his terms and believed got exactly what she needed. You know what's interesting about this story? Is that there is a testimony that went out from here, apparently. It had to be. Go, let's go to Matthew 14. Just a few chapters later, now, I know we read most of the story in Luke 8, but Matthew 9 is also the story of her. But then you go a little bit later and watch this. I mean, this testimony apparently broke out and just became the talk of the town and went everywhere because he, when they had crossed over, they had, Jesus and his disciples crossed over on a boat. They came to the land of Gennesaret, excuse me, verse 35. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding region and brought to him all who were sick. And begged him that they might only what? Where'd they get that idea? That they might only touch the hem of his garment. And now watch. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. So the, 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 her testimony now became their testimony. Her miracle became their miracle. They heard apparently this story. And guess what? They believed it. So much so that said, you know what? If she can get it, then I can get it. She was unclean. She was breaking the law. And she got healed. And if it's good for her, then it's good for us. If it's good for her, it's good for you. Because the truth is, if God will respond to a believer, think about this, if he will do it for one who believes, then God will do it for all who believe. And, and the cool thing is that any one of us can believe. I'm talking to us right here in this room. All of us, anyone here has the potential to believe him and take him at his word and receive from him. Jesus taught us about faith as that which is how we receive from God. It takes faith. Turn to your neighbor, tell him it takes faith. It takes faith. And it takes faith to have a good worship service. Great job today, faith. Because even Luke chapter 18, Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? How important is this? What is he looking for? I mean, there are lots of words you could have put in there. Will he find obedient servants? Will he find disciples? Huh? Will he find well-behaved people? It says, will he find faith? That's the performance that he's looking for. That's the behavior that he's looking for. People who believe. Amen. 
This is what he's looking for. So this is not just something uh, that people once heard about. This is something that people live by. Amen. Let's go to one. Can we go to one other place or three? <laughs> John chapter 20, verse 27. This is after Jesus is, ra- is risen from the dead. And the news, you know, was getting out by some of the women and uh, that came back and said, the tomb's empty. We saw these angels and the, um, and they're in awe that they don't know whether to believe this or not. They're dumbfounded because none of these disciples are expecting a resurrection. My family, none of them are expecting it. That's why it's crazy to think that they would have stolen his body. And then went around and said, he's risen. They were devastated by his death. Right? They're hiding because they think they're next. They killed our leader. Now they're going to come kill us. They're not expecting resurrection. So that's why when the women came back and said... He's written this, what? No. So Peter and John went and they see the tomb empty. And it's kind of, wow. Well, then they come back together and this news is going around and Thomas is standing there. He says, I have to see it to believe it. He's, if I got to put my finger in that nail print in his wrist, because if, if, if I'm not able to do that, I'm not going to believe. Well, guess what? Jesus shows up, boom, disappears in the room. John chapter 20, verse 27. He said to Thomas, Reach your finger here. Can you imagine how embarrassing this must have been, right? Reach your finger. Look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Now watch this. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen hmm, and yet have believed. Oh, praise God. See, the real blessing, the real blessing is reserved for those who have not seen and yet believe. Well, I will say this. I believe that, I don't think that Thomas should be called Doubting Thomas. Just like Peter shouldn't be called, we don't call him Denying Peter. Right? But he gets that name, Doubting Thomas. And he had a moment of doubt, no doubt. (laughs) But he walked with Jesus. And apparently he learned something because after Jesus was risen from the dead, now Thomas would no longer see him on earth again. But do you know what? It's something interesting that Thomas, this apostle, took the gospel further than any other apostle did. He took it to India. I personally stood in the church that was established by Thomas, Thomas, <laughs> Thomas in AD 63. I stood in that church, and I actually read this, this, this text out loud. While I was standing, I was like, my God, one of Jesus' 12 apostles made it all the way here. Thomas, the guy that didn't get much credit, brought the gospel to India and was shortly after martyred for his faith. As a matter of fact, he was drawn and quartered. It was an awful death. I believe he learned his lesson. I think what he really wanted was that blessing that Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now listen, this is another thing Jesus taught about miracles, is, um, about, about faith, is that signs follow those who believe. In other words, the miraculous follows you. There are supernatural occurrences that happen for those and through those who believe. Jesus said something like this, in my name they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. Uh, they, uh, they'll, they'll take up, if they, if they drink anything poisonous, it will not harm them. They'll lay their hands on the sick and the sick will recover. This is what he's talking about. 
There, this is how it gives you access to a supernatural kind of lifestyle. It's not going to happen unless you first believe. Because signs follow believers. You know what's strange? I don't like seeing as believers following signs. There's a lot of that. The signs follow us. Amen. All right, I'm going to leave you with this. One last scripture, really is the last one. Mark chapter 5. And verse 35. Now remember what Jesus started off. He started off to go heal Jairus' daughter. And then the woman with the issue of blood interrupts the progression, right? So we're going to pick up in Mark's gospel. They're, they're Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell this story. Look at verse 35. While he was still speaking... While he's still speaking, what? He just told the woman, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace, right? Some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? It's too late. And I say that this is a reasonable thing for them to say. How many of you have ever been to a funeral? <laughs> it's a re- when somebody passes away, what do we do? We plan the funeral. We go through the grieving process. I mean, I've prayed for people and they've gotten healed. I've prayed for people and they've died. So when that happens, the normal process is to gather with the family and we grieve together, but then we work out the plans. When, when's the service? When's the memorial service? Or whatever it may be, we, we, because death is the end. So when he hears this, the natural thing is, all right, well, show's over. I'll, I'll, I'll go plan on burying my daughter now. But Jesus, when he heard it, look at this. When Jesus heard it, heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Yeah, but Jesus, she's dead. I said, do not be afraid. Only believe. Well, Lord, isn't that just kind of like a, isn't that what we call a false hope? I mean, when dead's dead. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Well, guess what? It just so happens that when the resurrection and the life is on the scene, Dead don't matter. <laughs> when you're the resurrection, death don't have a chance. Hmm? When you're the resurrection and the life, I should say, right? When Jesus is on the scene, there's always hope. It really isn't over. You can continue to believe even when the natural circumstances are telling you it's over. That's why we do not walk by. Hmm? Jesus said, if you can believe, what? What happens if you can believe? Come on, help me. All things are possible to those who believe. Are we going to believe this? Are we going to believe this? Are we just going to settle? Are we just going to settle? Are we just going to just be happy with our own reasoning? Hmm? And our own experience, just let experience teach us. Or are we going to take him at his word? 
In moments where it looks like it's over, are we going to be like those who cower and say, okay, I accept circumstances they are. This is the way it is. Or can we be those who take him at his word and say, no, the resurrection and the life lives in me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, dwells in you. Isn't that really all you need? Hey, listen, it ain't over. I don't know what situation you're in that you might feel like it's over right now. It's not over. There is always hope. (sighs) Do not be afraid, only believe. Well, guess what happened? They got there to the house. You know what Jesus had to do? There are people crying and mourning, and Jesus said, quit all this commotion. (laughs) Talk about insensitive, right? I'll quit all that crying. Get out of here. (laughs) This girl's dead. Come on, Jesus. Can't you kind of feel this situation a little bit? He said, get all this commotion out of here. He says, she ain't dead. She's sleeping. Then they all start laughing at him like, "Uh, what are you smoking, man? (laughs) We know what dead is. And then he brings Peter, James, and John, and Jairus, and his wife. And he kneels down. He puts the little girl hand in his hand. He says, Talitha Kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And she woke up. And she came back to life because with him, it's not over. It's not over. And Jesus said, if you can believe, if you can believe, I'm right here. I'm a very present help right here. He's in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So remember this today. It's of utmost importance that we remember. We must walk by faith. We must be convinced of God and his promises above everything. And faith is this humble position that I'm going to say what God says, as humiliating as that is, when my circumstances are screaming the absolute opposite to me right now, when there is no circumstantial evidence of what God has said to me, I'm going to humble myself and say what he says anyway. It can be a very humiliating experience to walk by faith. Especially when you've got everybody else around you that just walks by sight. And you're one of those weirdos that you're puking up your guts and go, oh, by his stripes I'm healed. Yeah, right. It can be a humiliating experience. But at the end of the day, do we answer to them or to him? Who are we really living for? We can have anybody's experience. We can have the same experience as everybody else does by just accepting what they accept or saying what they say. We can take God at his word and always live in the potential of miracles. I want that. I've seen miracles, and I want to see more. And I want to see you see them. I want to see you experiencing God's power in your life. Circumstances changing, situated because you chose to believe him above all. And faith doesn't have time limits. We walk by faith. We live by it. That's it. Well, I tried, to, I tried that faith. That you, you don't know. Then It's do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> you believe him or you don't. Amen? Thank God for Master Yoda, huh? He teaches a thing or two. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we love you today. We thank you. You know what? In this moment, I want you to just 
put some application of this word into your own life. You have a need. You have a need in your life right now. I don't know what it is, but you do. And I want you to offer this up to God. As one who believes, not one who needs. He knows what you have need of before you ask. But Jesus said, whatever you ask or whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you will have it. Those are his terms. When you pray, believe that you receive. He's helped us understand that when he, when we pray, he wants us to pray like we're expecting it to happen. Not a wishful thinking. It's not a gamble. No, Jesus said, if you believe yours, you'll have it. So pray that kind of prayer. Pray prayers of faith. Amen. What is it that you desire today? What is it that you need? Bring it to God and say, God, I thank you right now that I have this confidence as your child to come boldly before the throne of grace. And I thank you that I can give you anything, bring anything to you in the name of Jesus. And by faith in you, I believe right now I receive what I'm asking for. I receive, I believe that I have my needs met right now. I believe for that change. I believe for that promotion. I believe for my healing. I believe for your provision. I believe for your help. Lord, I believe in for a turnaround in my marriage. I'm believing God for my children. I believe, whatever it is, just give it to him and say, now, Lord, I trust you. I believe you and I thank you that I have what I've asked for. That's what the word says. Let all your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. Why does he tell us to be thankful? Because he expects you to get it. What's the point in saying thank you and not getting anything? Lord, I thank you that I have it. Well, no, no, no. The reason he says thanksgiving is this is how you show your faith in him. You believe right now by saying thank you that it's done. And that's what he loves. That's what he's looking for. That's who he wants to show himself strong for. Abraham came to the place in his life where he became fully persuaded that God is able to perform what he promised, no matter how outlandish it's out. Are you kidding me? A 90-year-old man and an 80, a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman having babies? Yeah, you better believe it. And they did it. They did it because God is able to perform what he promises you. And you, you might look at the promises of God and look at your life and it looks like two different worlds, but they didn't have to stay that way. You apprehend what God has for you by believing Him and bringing it into your life by confessing, calling it as that be not as though it were. Thank you, Father God, for these people, God. I declare over them that they shall know their God. They shall be strong and do exploits in the earth. Thank you, Father God, for this people of faith. Thank you, Lord, that the faith that's rising up in their hearts even today, as at the hearing of your word today, Lord, your word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I know, God, that faith has come because your word has been declared here today. And I pray, God, that this faith would be developed today, God. Lord, it, that it would be received, it would be developed it would grow in the name of Jesus and they would be built up on their faith. And thank you, Father God, that nothing is impossible with you. And with you, it's never over. There is no quit in you, so we put no quit in us. You have made us through your love because you loved us. You made us more than conquerors. And I thank you, Lord, for this victorious people. And I thank you, Lord, for meeting their needs far above what they could ask or think, God. Do it your way. Do it your way. 
<laughs> so much better and bigger in the name of Jesus. I thank you for miracles, God. Supernatural interventions in the natural course of life in the name of Jesus. Now may the Lord bless you and may he keep you and may he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and all of your house and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.